You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Inside Healthcare, NCQA's podcast. I'm Lawrence Green. Today, we feature Frank Michike, NCQA Vice President of Public Policy and Communications, and Peggy O'Kane, NCQA President. As they discuss how NCQA is leading the way in shaping how telehealth will be delivered in America with the convening of the task force on telehealth policy. Let's get started. Good morning, Peggy. Great to talk to you as always. Everyone knows that telehealth has seen explosive growth uh, since the start of the pandemic. We've seen numbers that are um, hundreds and thousands percentage point increases in the use of telehealth. Uh, What are NCQA's priorities in this area? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when I think about our general uh, kind of goal in life, well, it's, it's improving the quality of health care. Um, and that's usually through, you know, being transparent and setting standards and, uh, you know, looking at whether people meet them, how well do they perform in areas that we measure. So it's the same idea. And um, I think, you know, first of all, let me step back for a second and say, It's an incredibly exciting time uh, because of all the technology that's been in the in the works, in the process of development that all of a sudden will be deployed. And it's also a little bit crazy making because it's so big. I mean, telehealth, it's it's uh, it's like it's like electricity, I guess I think, you know, uh, or, or what these these technologies are like electricity. And they will enable all different kinds of delivery models. And as we know, in the United States, we have some delivery models that are very coherent and where, you know, if you're a member of this delivery system or, I mean, a a user of this delivery system or a member of this plan, somebody's worrying about whether you're getting the right care and so forth. Um, We also have a whole lot and and the majority of care is still given in a pretty uh, chaotic way where people are doing their best on their own, but really not looking at the big picture or what actually is happening to that patient in the middle. So those continue to be, um, you know, issues to deal with, right? We we can't snap our fingers and make it all coherent. Um, but what we want to do is enable uh, the showcasing of coherence in care by the outcomes. I guess that's really my uh, my way of thinking about it. So we know people like it, um, you know, anecdotally, we know they like it. Depends on the situation, what it is. Sometimes it's a phone call, sometimes it's video, um, sometimes it's recorded in the medical record, sometimes it's not. Sometimes wearable devices are in the picture and, you know, that opens up tremendous possibilities. So it's fun uh, to kind of think about all of this. And I think this, you know, this is our kind of virgin effort in the area. And um, I think we're just trying to map the territory, I think, you know, try to figure out what are the big, big themes uh, that we have to pay attention to if we're going to optimize the chances that this is going to be a real boon to American citizens and patients. Right. Long answer. (laughs) What are those themes? Yeah, so, well, we want to make sure that it's used appropriately, you know, um, you know, that it, you know, I mean, there are issues like fraud and so on, which have to be dealt with. Um, I mean, Medicare knows a lot about fraud because every fraudster has tried to go after Medicare dollars. And so that's a natural concern. Um, 
for them and other payers. Um, you know, there are concerns about like, is the technology working for the, the patient that's at the other side of it? Is it working for the practitioner? You know, uh, I think it was a rocky start for many, uh, you know, when we had this tidal wave of users come on, it overwhelmed even well-designed uh, telehealth platforms and users and so forth. So, uh, you know, that, you know, what is the experience for providers and for patients? Is the quality, how's the quality of care? You know, um, should we have different measures for quality? I mean, maybe you want some measures around the platform, but, uh, you know, the idea is not to have different, different standards if the care is delivered virtually than if it's delivered in person. Um, you know, that's a journey. That's a big deal to even kind of conceptualize what that looks like. But we don't want to create more chaos in measurement than we already have, which is considerable. So uh, that would be one of my major uh, goals. Understandable. Um, and I want to make sure that the telehealth that's being deployed enables the collection of data for quality. I mean, that's like number one, you know. You don't have data. Uh, good luck, right? Yes, and and in some ways, this is the opportunity to get that uh, potentially the opportunity to get that data collection and data standardization piece right. Right. Because we're starting, if if this is truly the beginning of um, really an in-depth effort to measure quality in telehealth, we're starting at a point where we're much more advanced in terms of data than we were 30 years ago when NCQA was getting off the ground. Um, and yet, uh, after- It's all locked up out there. It's all bulking yes. up. Yep. <laughs> yes. So it's not where we, it's further it's than- It's not above. where we need to be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, well, I know that there are a number of ways in which NCQA is trying to advance those priorities. One of them is the Task Force on Telehealth Policy. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, we are, we're working together with the American Telemedicine Association and the Alliance for Connected Care, which are two industry groups that are uh, trying to advance uh, the practice of telehealth and make sure it's done in the right way. I think uh, one of the interesting uh, parts of the conversation we've been having with both organizations is that they have a very clear understanding that this, if this isn't done right, it's going to hold back the whole advancement of the movement of virtual care. And so I think they come at it with a positive attitude about what should the regulatory requirements be? You know, um, how, how should we think about it in order to make sure it has an opportunity to work? So um, we've had some elements of the Wild West over the last three months, understandably, but that isn't a good context for the advancement of, of excellence. You know, I saw a press release that we were working with trade associations. And, and, you know, we do have cordial relationships, of course, with trade associations. But uh, we haven't partnered this, this openly with a trade association before or this closely. And, um, you know, so I think it's possible because there is this overlap in, um, in our goals. Not 100 percent aligned, of course. Sure. Sure. And and of course, uh, the folks that those associations represent are integral to uh, the use of telehealth and the appropriate use of telehealth. And uh, it seems that NCQA fits in well there because um, we uh, we 
assess and uh, quantify and standardize the system as it is. Yeah. And um, and so working closely with those who are either uh, creating the platforms for the use of telehealth or actually providing telehealth seems to make um, perfect sense. Um, yeah. so, and, so you know, from from our mission point of view, I think if, if you think about it, we've accredited health plans and, and practices, but we don't do the kind of we haven't been doing bricks and mortar kind of standards, you know, uh, like where the drugs stored properly in the refrigerator and so forth. Um, so I th think that there's been a, a virtual way of thinking about quality and relationships and did the right thing get done. That's been part of our DNA. So this feels like a natural place for us to go um, as I think there will be a dramatic evolution of how care gets delivered. And uh, as we look at the uh, the list, the roster of folks who are participating in the task force, it's pretty impressive and pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got uh, Regina Benjamin, who's the former uh, Surgeon General of the United States, who's done great work down in the Bayou Clinic in Alabama and uh, with the Gulf States Health Policy Center. Um, you've got folks from. And it was a user of telemedicine, right? I mean, so. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of these people bring they bring a, a formal uh, role in life and they bring the real experience, which yes. is one of the great things. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, UPMC, Andrew Watson, who, again, um, does a, a great deal of his care, although he also does surgery, uh, does a great deal of his care in the colorectal uh, medicine space in uh, via telehealth. Uh, you've got. Rebecca Gee, who, of course, uh, previously ran Louisiana Medicaid and is now the chief executive officer of the uh, Louisiana State University Health System. Um, we've got uh, any number of, of really impressive folks. And yeah. uh, the kickoff uh, was Monday, June 29th. So you've broken the task force up, um, given that there are uh, 23 members, you've broken the task force up into three subgroups. You've got the data and quality group, which NCQA will be leading. You've got the uh, patient safety and program integrity group led by ATA. And you've got the group focused on uh, understanding total cost of care as it relates to telehealth, which is led right. by the Alliance for Connected Care. Yeah. So I think that that makes a lot of sense and it allows our 23 people to really get into this, the topic with us. Um, so we're not just floating above the surface. So um, and we're doing uh, each of the three groups is doing each of the three leads is doing interviews with our members of the subgroups uh, to kind of, you know, help us set the stage in a way that makes sense to them. And um, I've done one call so far, but I have a bunch of them on my calendar. And um, I think it's going to be great. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a great call yesterday. Um, with Julia Skapik, who's with the uh, NAC, National Alliance of Community Health Centers. She had a lot to say. Um, and again, I, I, I can't say enough about the, the, the great people we have who are thinking about policy, but also have the hands-on experience um, from whatever stakeholder perspective they're sitting at, which is so important right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and the group really does represent um, a pretty remarkable spectrum of the healthcare system as a whole. Yeah. We have plans, uh, 
providers uh, in the in the broadest sense of that term, uh, including um, hospital systems, uh, actual individual providers, and as you say, several of the experts from either plans or systems are not just uh, overseeing their entire organization's uh, approach to telehealth; they're actually practicing telehealth as part of their um, their uh, regular course of, of working as a as a physician. So it is uh, it is something we and I think it's important uh, for those who are learning about it for the first time to know that we also have um, AARP is represented. Obviously, they uh, speak for a, a large percentage of the uh, members of Medicare. And that's where a number of the policy recommendations that the task force is uh, is going to be making. Um, we imagine those will be uh, will have an effect and inform decisions that are made specifically in the Medicare and Medicare Advantage uh, program. So let's talk a little bit about what it is you hope to get out of this process. So you've got this wonderful group of people where we'll be working in subgroups and then what? Well, we're going to, you know, the subgroups will work. They will come back to the large group. You know this better than I do. Okay, and, and we will be presenting a report, um, which we and by the way, we didn't mention CMS is there as a, a government liaison. So um, because of their special role, um, they thought it was better if they had a liaison role, but they will be part of the conversation as well. And so we're hoping to make as well, as well HHS. Sorry, just to, as well uh, HHS. Yes. Uh, CMS and HHS are there as government liaisons which uh, allows them to be part of the conversation without committing to whatever the outcome is, because, um, you know, they, they, they are going to be so affected by this and they have a, you know, a particular interest in making sure that they're comfortable with wherever this goes. So um, anyway, we're excited to have everybody there. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of like, uh, how do we, you know, as poly policymakers are scratching their heads trying to figure out, um, so what has to come first? What's really crucial? Um, you know, we know this is going to go somewhere that we can't really even imagine at this point, but we have to get started. And so what are the foundations that need to be laid here? You know, for example, uh, security requirements. Um, you know, I, I think maybe people don't worry as much about security uh, these days as they used to, but um, Really, nobody wants their health care information out there. It gets in the wrong hands. It can be really, you know, dangerous in any number of ways. So that that's part of it. Yeah. So we I think we have the right stakeholders at the table uh, to make sure that we are, um, you know, going to be responsible and put out a report that we hope will have a lot of impact. We should also note that we're uh, accepting public comment. Um, which you can access via the NCQA website um, through uh, mid-July. Mid uh, and we'll also be hosting a uh, public town hall for those who want to um, virtually uh, submit comments and uh, share their input on the topic. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of the process you uh, have set up, Frank, with the other staff, um, because, you know, we have 23 people there. Uh, and that's not broad enough to get the kind of broad perspective that we really think we need to have. So, but also you can't have a group that's too big or it becomes dysfunctional to try to get anything done. So I think having these other uh, 
channels for people to feed in their comments. And I've, I've looked at the, the comments we've gotten uh, so far, and they're incredibly thoughtful, and they will feed into the process. So it's uh, we're trying to have it both ways, and I, you know, it's it's a it's extra work, but I think it's going to be worth it. Yeah, it is quite remarkable to see how many really smart, really dedicated people are thinking deeply about this uh, in the midst of all of the other chaos that's going on right. uh, to the pandemic. Uh, and if we can play a small role in um, sort of uh, coalescing uh, that thought and um, and uh, helping to refine it into recommendations, which, of course, is the goal of the task force to create some policy recommendations that Congress and uh, the administration and potentially states and even um, the private sector can adopt to advance high quality telehealth, then, then we'll have done a good job. Let me ask a specifically to NCQA and, and separate from the task force, probably, um, Quality measurement. I know that's only a piece of, of our interest in um, helping to uh, to uh, do telehealth right. But um, how do you think about the role for quality measurement in telehealth? And I'll say, ask specifically, uh, are there new measures that need to develop to be developed? Is it more a matter of adapting existing measures? Um, and, and to your point earlier, how do you do whatever is the appropriate uh, are the appropriate steps? How do you do them without adding to the cacophony of, of measurement that we hear about so much? Yeah, so there are probably some new measures. There are, I mean, I think it's crucial also to align with existing measures, at least with the the underlying clinical logic of the measures. So. Uh, if a patient is being managed virtually for their diabetes, I think you want to know, you know, what are the outcomes? Is the, is the hemoglobin A1C being managed properly? Um, what's the patient experience like? So common themes that, you know, I don't expect there will be, at least in the short term, there'll be, uh, you know, a, there'll be a big wall between telemedicine and, um, you know, other normal, what we think of as normal uh, channels of delivery. But as we go on, I think there'll be, there'll be quite a variety of people that use telemedicine to enhance what they've been doing, uh, people that don't use it at all, people that are trying to do it 100%, although I don't think that's really possible because there are, there are things that have to, the patient has to be touched. Um, so um, I think what you want is a measurement system that shows who's doing well and who's not doing well. And so you have to, you have to benchmark the same issue across all the different varieties of delivery systems, I think. So NCQA obviously has been a leader in advancing the idea of coordinated care and, and the medical neighborhood, for example, as a model. Um, how do you think telehealth fits into that model and what needs to be put in place that may not be there now that will yeah. Well, I mean, I think, as I said, there were a lot of different examples of what was called telehealth, some of which were people on the phone saying, how are you doing uh, with no documentation? Um, so I, I think the idea is that if some intervention occurs in the telehealth space, that needs to become part of the patient's regular care. Now, we know that, it, you know, in my ideal world, every patient has a primary care uh, physician. Um, 
uh, there's a plan that's worrying about them. There may be a, you know, a, a health system that's worrying about them. Um, but we know that in reality, uh, there are a lot of patients out there kind of um, ping-ponging around the system. And so you don't even know who the usual source of care is. But ideally, uh, you'd like to have it coordinated. And that's kind of part of our point of view. So it's applying uh, the existing model, understanding the dynamics are uh, potentially different depending on uh, what type of telehealth we're talking about, and um, but but the underlying principle remains the same. Right. You know, getting the patient taken care of and having them have a reasonable experience. Now, I have no doubt that just the, you know, the introduction of all the wearables and apps and um, self you know, things that people do on their phones or with their watches is actually very transformational. And um, the role of the patient, I think, uh, where that's a possibility to be enhanced will be enhanced, you know. So, I mean, we're already seeing, uh, like in behavioral health, uh, there's there's kind of more of a willingness to, uh, or so I'm told anecdotally, I haven't seen the data, but um, people like using apps for their behavioral health needs. Um, you know, that's kind of like for some people, that's that's a perfectly reasonable way to think about it. Uh, other pe- people need more active guidance and care and so forth. So, again, it's kind of the possibilities are so big that it can, you know, you, you have to come back to think, what are, what are the first questions that we have to get answers to? Um, as we as we roll this out, and it's not going to be the complete unified field theory of telehealth. It's going to be um, what are the things that really have to happen first? Well, an abundance of challenges and an abundance of opportunities. I think it's a very exciting time. I know uh, I'm excited to be involved with uh, our work around this and uh, appreciate your leadership. Yeah, so let me just tell you one more anecdote because I wanted to work it in. Um, I have a relative who has lung cancer and he he and his wife both got COVID. Uh, he, he was a patient with a well-known cancer center. They had already sent him home with, a, with an oximeter, you know, it measures the blood oxygen and um, with an with a, a oxygen concentrator so that he would have it available if he needed it. And um, once he got the diagnosis, which he got in their system, the telehealth people got on the phone with him and said, how are you doing? What's your, what's, oh, they gave him a thermometer. What's your temperature? What's your, your O2, your oxygen? Uh, how are you feeling? This happened every day during his uh, period of sickness, which, you know, thank goodness, was not that long and not that severe. Um, and then when he was feeling better, uh, they discharged him from the telemedicine. It was, it was like a really great uh, example of a system that was thinking ahead, that used it. I mean, it was telephonic. It was it was telephone. Uh, I'm sure it was being recorded in his record. Um, but, um, you know, a beautiful experience and something that was very impressive to him. Well, that's that's a great way to cap our discussion because uh, it's essentially at the end of the day all about the experience that that individual patient has. The outcomes and how is this contributing to the outcomes? You know, so yeah. he didn't have to go to the ER, luckily, um, 
but I mean, how much, you know, how much more of, uh, of COVID care could have been done in a, in a reasonable way uh, without the chaos factor? And now, you know, if COVID indeed is going to be with us for a little while, um, uh, I think we have a little time to plan for more of that and less of the chaos that really uh, is a threat to quality. Well, great opportunities, great challenges, and a great discussion, Peggy. Thank you. Uh, please keep us posted on the work of the task force and on um, NCQA's work in other areas around telehealth. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of Inside Healthcare. Before you go, make sure you rate us on your podcast streaming service. And remember, check out and register for NCQA's upcoming Digital Quality Summit, taking place virtually July 22nd through July 23rd. Thanks again for joining us. We will see you again. Take care.